Welcome to Podshots, episode three, with your hosts Clemo Young and Brandon Zemp. In today's episode, we are going to talk about artificial intelligence, AI. AI is such a revolution that it's going to change the way you and I and everyone on the planet lives for the foreseeable future. So obviously, it's such a huge subject. We can't cover everything in this episode, but we do a great job of talking about how it came to be, what it is today, and where it's headed for better or for worse. We're going to discuss things that experts say, such as Max Friedman, Elon Musk, and Yuval Noah Harari and his various works. And we'll also cover how AI has been represented so far in science fiction and popular media. But before we start, let's hear a message on our chosen drink of the episode, as if Jean-Claude Van Damme would have said it himself, just because we think it's funny. Grey Goose is the result of an absolute determination to create a French vodka unlike any other. Expressed in Grey Goose bottle is the essence of the finest ingredients from France. Soft winter wheat from in and around Picardy, plus pure spring water from Gensac in the Cognac region, nurtured and captured from field to bottle in an exclusive process designed and controlled by the extraordinary skills and commitment of their master seller, Francois Thibault. I have had this before many times, uh, mostly in martinis. It's very good, it's very smooth, um, and we are going to take shots of it, be disrespectful. Mm. I did uh, sneak ahead and I tried one earlier just to remind myself of what it's like. And it's just slides right down, man. It's really smooth compared to what we were, what we were drinking before. Yes. This is a step down from the Jameson. Which is the equivalent of basically running a grater through your throat. What I like about this one, it's my favorite part. Ready? Mm. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Let me see if the acoustics are right here. Ooh, it's a different type of pop, but yeah. That's so yeah, man. Well, popping a cork. So I'm gonna pour this up ahead of time here. Okay, and we're we're not doing the manual uh, sound effects anymore. To be fair, we're not. Okay, we are gonna well, take things up the next. You, would you like me to make the sound effects? I mean, Should I make the sound of a no, gray goose? That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of the gray goose. What does a goose even sound like? <laughs> like a duck. There it is. Yeah, there it is. It. And we're gonna cut that out and use that as our new sound bite. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Tink. bro. Mm. That's actually pleasant. It's pleasant. It was pleasant. Much All more right. pleasant than so, the last one. Yeah. I'm still feeling it though. It's still got that warm feeling. But man, makes I want to make a martini now. I just need some olives, some vermouth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. You do an episode you know, with Marcy. You, I, I've never been. I've never been a big vodka fan. Um, I think it's because back in the day when I was at school, we went on summer camp and took a bottle of uh, Smirnoff vodka, which is probably one of the worst vodkas you can drink. Yeah, don't man. It, it's I hate really Smirnoff. awful stuff. And we ended so up drinking much. so much of it that night. So I threw up all over the place. I threw up all over my clothes, all over the tent, um, and I got into trouble. And I, I, ever since that day, I just, I really haven't liked vodka, but this vodka is actually really decent. Um, it's mm. actually really smooth. So 
unlike Smirnoff, well, I don't really want to slag off Smirnoff that much, but I, I can't help it because it's just, you can't lie about things. It's not mm -hmm. that good. Um, but this no, one... We'll give it pretty, our honest opinion. Pretty well distilled. Yeah, it's pretty well distilled. Yeah, well, I mean, Grey Goose, Grey Goose is more of a premium vodka. It's, it's not something that you buy for $16 and then have a party with. Mm. Uh, this is actually this is, not cheap. This is, good, this is good shit. This is not cheap. This was 100 pesos. You guys think, can do that. You know, when I did the conversion after buying mine, <laughs> yours, was, yours was ended up being $10 cheaper than mine, uh, relatively. Okay. So yours is, Colombia right now is uh, just a really good place to live if you're earning in dollars or pounds or whatever. Yeah, man. When $1 gets you like 4,000 pesos and, you know, a bag of chips is 3,000 pesos. I'm talking like a big bag of chips. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, you know how much food you can buy? Like, especially if you buy local food. It's ridiculous the amount mm -hmm. of food you can buy here and get by. Like, I literally haven't spent any cash in weeks. Yep. And I have so much premium food, like, in my fridge. Like, I got brie. I got bottles on bottles, my friend. I got brie and alcohol. We're <laughs> rolling. Loaves of bread, some jiffy. I got a ton of pasta. I got salmon. Dude. Oh, yeah. God, I got that salmon. A nice smoked salmon, enough for probably two good sized portions uh, for 17,000 pesos. Mm. Are you so the supermarkets are doing okay there? They like the food is still quite, yeah, man. Stock shelves are stocked and everything. Yeah. It was kind of funny that it felt so weird because last night we just had an earthquake, we just had a, a 5.1, right? But it felt, it felt a lot bigger than that because my whole building was shaking and it was just like, mm. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it must have been one of those quakes that goes up and down rather than left and right or side to side. I, I don't think it matters. I think a quake is a quake, but it happens. It, it happens, and apparently the, the volcano here in Colombia, it's like 100 miles away from Medellin, that's uh, called Nevado de Ruiz, is has been active a little mm -hmm. bit the past week, and there's an ash advisory. An ash advisory. God, I can't speak. Come on, Grey Goose. Did it start falling yet? Um, no, I mean, I don't think anything's started spewing out but i mean they're taking You'll know very... when it happens <laughs> well um, what's yeah. interesting is uh saint helens uh in the u.s one of the biggest uh eruptions in you know modern times for a volcano blew half the side of its mountain when my dad was going into college like in 1980 and then in 1985 uh nevado de del de ruiz um blue five years after that oh as well right. and um there's a lot of horrific stories where like completely buried a town um in ash yeah. um a lot of people die there's some horror stories you know uh, but i mean if you know a mountain like that that's active if it went off again in a modern society like this you'd have a lot of uh, it caused a lot of problems, especially with where we're at with, with the virus and the economy and everything. So I'm hoping that that does not happen. But with all the craziness of 2020, hands hands up, really gloves are off. Like crazy shit. year, isn't it? It is, it is a crazy year. year. No, I went into this year and I was like, this is going to be the year. I don't know what mm, that means. Me too. <laughs> I think everyone did. I was like, this is going to be the year. I don't know what it means, but this is going to be the year. And all of a sudden, everything's been falling apart since day one. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I shouldn't have said that. 
I might be to blame. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, it's hard to know what's going to happen, but keeping things up, um, you know, we're responding pretty well to it now, I think. So I think it's finally settled in. And I just, I, I've seen that corporations are also starting to really help. Like, for example, tech companies like Facebook and IBM are starting to donate equipment mm -hmm. and, um, you know, resources. So I think we're, I think we're all working together. Um, and I'm, I'm positive, bro. I'm positive. I'm, I'm no longer thinking this is going to be a huge, huge issue. Um, not, not like in the past with great depressions and things. I think this is going to be something that we all suffer through, but ultimately we're, we survive and we become stronger hopefully after afterwards. That's the trick really is. I think so. But I, I also think they were heading for a lot of, um, a lot of change in some ways with our, mm with how the world is run and our economics and society. I, I don't think that we're going to get through this without any major problems. You know, I think there's a lot of things that are building up, you know, and we talked about this before, but especially economically, yeah. um, I'm very, very worried about what's going to happen to, um, the, the system, you know, mm -hmm. when you, when you announce all these business forgivable, loan programs um and you pump in two trillion dollars and new currency swaps buy treasury bonds and um you know you're and inflate the u.s dollar even more and then give it to banks you know what happens when the u.s dollar goes goes under eventually goes under i, I like, don't know i don't know i don't think anyone really knows i don't think anyone happen. wants to think about that yeah. I mean, the reality is i mean if the dollar collapsed and you know it's under an immense amount of debt and inflation that's battling for years hmm. I mean, what it's going to happen people, one day, though, right? I mean, we have to. You know, be people keep panicking. You know, this virus doesn't get better. Other shit starts happening, and people start running to the banks. You know, banks are not going to have the money. That's why the Fed is pumping money into the banking system. They don't have the cash. It's all bank credit. Yeah. You know, what happens if the dollar collapses? It's the world reserve currency still. Mm, yeah. That's going to affect the the global economy too. I'm hoping something like that doesn't happen. But I mean, if you look at the writing on the wall. We're heading for something nasty before we, you know, come out of this squeaky clean. Something nasty is going to happen, and I feel like it's going to be economically. Yeah, it'll be economic. I think too. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's. I think that's the biggest threat right now, actually. But speaking of which, maybe AI holds the key to overcoming these challenges. Maybe it doesn't, or maybe it just, you know, is good for creating sex robots or something like that Who knows? which is our topic of discussion today not sex robots although we may talk about that yeah AI artificial, artificial companionship we'll artificial companionship that's an interesting one ac ac oh, god it's kind of sad though at the same time but let's get to that so artificial intelligence <laughs> is such a broad topic and there's so many things i mean i was doing my research yesterday because i'm not an expert in the field uh but I, I, I have been following it to a certain degree. And I went to probably some of the most interesting mainstream conversations I could find. Uh, and I know that Joe Rogan did one with Elon Musk, which wasn't mm -hmm. a very long conversation, but it gave us a good idea as to what one of the most, I guess, one of the smartest guys on the planet thinks about in artificial intelligence. And um, also, like Yuval Noah Harari, the guy behind the book Sapiens and Homo Deus, and his thoughts on artificial intelligence too, and all of the potential, you know, applications of 
super intelligent, um, you know, programs, uh, essentially. Right. So, I mean, you know, there's so much. With all, so much those names, gonna, with all those names, I'm going to chuck in uh, Ray Kurzweil as well. Uh, right. He's kind of been pioneering AI for quite a while um, with, um, and he had his book, How to Create a Mind. It's really good. Uh, the Singularity, uh, it's a bestseller. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, if you guys are trying to like Google names right now and take away what we're saying, throwing him in there as well. Yeah. Um, so this is important in the world of AI. Like he's the kind of guy that's like, trying to write and map consciousness for the brain and yeah. do that for artificial intelligence. Like how could an AI, you know, think the same way a human thinks? How could it read? How could it interpret something? Everything from words to symbols, uh, you know, it's, it's a very complicated, complex job, but I mean, mm. they're actually making headway on it, which is crazy. Mm. Um, but he's with Singularity University, he's super smart. I got to hear him speak at college too when I was at, uh, at Pomona. Uh, he's super, super smart, brilliant guy. Takes a lot of pills though. He thinks he's gonna he's gonna make it to live oh, forever. Oh right, <laughs> he's he's into longevity. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's into longevity. He thinks. So what kind of pills is he taking? Like, do you know? I can't. I've seen some videos, and he's talked about it a little bit. Um, he's talked about it at some speak speaking events and whatnot. I mean, he takes a lot of vitamins. A lot of essential minerals. Does he look of, young? Because uh, let me uh, let me bring him up. No, he doesn't look young. But I mean, and, you know, if he thinks that it's going to keep his body in tune long enough, I mean, shit, go for it. I mean, I mean, he's doing a self experiment when it comes to that. Right, Ray Kurzweil, before and after. <laughs> before and after. <laughs> and there's this like huge difference. I think it depends greatly on your genetics too. You know, you know how like Western people generally tend to age a lot faster than let's say African people or Asian people. Mm -hmm. um, it just seems to be a thing. Uh, I don't know. That's also uh, in the mix. But yeah, I was listening I, to him I last night too. Too much to a rabbit hole on the aging process. So maybe we should just stick to AI today. Dude, yeah, no, there's just too much to talk about. I think it's interesting because we've got a lot of things that we've listed that we want to cover, but we can just handpick the ones that maybe we want to give. But let's start, maybe we can start with, because people, I think people, generally speaking, are aware of artificial intelligence, right? They have heard about it. They've um, seen it like advertised. And, um, but I don't know if they really understand what it is actually is do you know what i mean like they yeah. don't understand the implications it carries for different aspects of our life today and in the future so in your like like if you were to break it down how would you explain artificial intelligence as it is today and as it will be like for example in the next five to ten years yeah i mean i think artificial intelligence is a um it's it's kind of the right word but it's not quite either like we're, we're creating something artificial. So that part of the word is right of the acronym, but are we creating an intelligence? What is an intelligence? I mean, that's not necessarily what we're creating. We're, we're not creating just something that can do something. I mean, that's what a computer does, right? Um, we're not creating something that can just calculate. I mean, mm. how, what, what do you define intelligence as? Right, so it's uh, being not able to calculate something. I mean, when we think AI, what we really think of is consciousness. What we're trying to do mm -hmm. is replicate 
the human mind. Um, you know, a lot of this can fall back onto neuroscience. A lot of this can fall back on the mathematics. Um, you know, I, in neuroscience, it's actually one of the most interesting concepts um, in all the sciences too. Like you think about it, this is you, this is your brain. And if you study chemistry, the brain is studying chemistry. If you study biology, the brain is studying biology. If you, if you study journalism, the brain is studying journalism. Neuroscience is the first time in um, our evolution that the brain is studying itself. It's a pretty interesting concept. Right. And we're at the point now where the brain has decided, as you know, as a group, as a collective, as a species, we want to recreate the brain. We've studied the brain enough that we want to replicate it. We want to better not only understand ourselves, but we want to replicate better. it. I don't, I don't know. There's not a better word for it. So, I mean, artificial intelligence doesn't even sound like the right word, honestly. Um, artificial consciousness sounds a lot better to me. Because essentially, that's what we're doing. We're trying to replicate, you know, everything we can do in our mind. We want something that can think critically, rationally, maybe even emotionally, um, empathetically, potentially. Right. I mean, that's the whole point of AI, and it's that not lightning to speed with just right. Yeah. When we create, like Siri, for example, Siri is an example of an AI, um, a very simple form of AI, but. It's not just intelligent. I mean, it's, you can have a conversation with Siri. Siri can, you know, to a degree, you know, interact with you like a normal person if you try and have a conversation with her. Mm. And so can a lot of these other um, AIs that are out there, like Cortana with Microsoft, Google Assistant with Google, um, Bigsby with Android. There's, there's a lot of them out there that are very good, uh, some of them better than Siri. Yeah, I heard Alexa, that the, uh, Alexa with Amazon. I mean, you're not asking something to just, you know, do a calculation. I mean, your computer can do that on its own. Mm. It's not just intelligent. I mean, it's, it's real. Artificial realism, artificial consciousness. That sounds like a much better word to me if mm. we're really into it. Yeah, it sounds to me like I think one of the differentiators between how people might think of AI and how it really is, is that AI is not a response to a pattern it's more like it is deciding how it wants to respond to patterns like and it's constantly getting better at detecting patterns at seeing patterns and so what, what when i was like researching this and i've also heard this before but i researched it more it's like a, a while back when artificial intelligence was first being kind of developed and researched there was a prominent scientist who ray kurzweil talked to uh, and he said that the science he asked the scientist if he'd ever tried doing layered uh like layered um data inputs or something like that it's like it's like where you feed it into itself and then it feeds it back into itself and then it feeds it back into itself um for lack of a better way to explain it and he said no i've never tried that and then he died, that scientist, because, mm -hmm. you know, whatever reason. And fast forward, like, a few years later, and that's how they've made the biggest possible progress is by doing that kind of loop of feeding in this constant data and then the data it's, again and then the data again. Yeah, it's called a feedback loop. Right. So 
that was super interesting to me that all we really need is just a broad set of data and then let the, the actual algorithms do the job of just kind of siphoning it and siphoning it and reinterpreting it and reinterpreting it. And there's app, the applications for this are huge. Like massive, uh, massive, like in ev almost every aspect of our lives, pretty much AI could be applied, you know, in terms of not just um, being a better chess opponent, which is a very rudimentary way to look at artificial intelligence, but mm -hmm. in terms of detecting illness in people quickly, uh, like Parkinson's disease, I, I, uh, I, this is really fascinating. So you can use your phone and you can use the sensors on the phone to pump data into an algorithm which measures the kind of way that you're walking. And mm -hmm. if it detects certain patterns in the way you're walking, it can actually detect Parkinson's disease just from that. It's fascinating. Yeah. And no one else would be able to do that because we're not that precise. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you put on an iWatch and you're recording all of your, your heart rate uh, data and that goes into your iPhone, um, you know, I mean, if you use that data correctly and you wear that watch all the time, you could, you could detect a cardiac disease or right. you could detect low and high blood pressure and things like that. And you could uh, gain insight into maybe something that's happening to somebody over time. I mean, there's a lot of issues with that in industry because it'd be beneficial if they could take that data, um, you know, and, and put it to good use to save people. But I mean, they also sell it and there's a lot of privacy issues. I mean, there's a lot of things that can be done. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing with AI is, you know, you give it, if you give it enough freedom to do something like that um, and enough access, I mean, I think the thing that scares us most is what decision would it make and what would it do? Mm -hmm. Um well, there's you two know, separate things that you're talking about here, essentially. So let's talk yeah. about the first one, which is really yeah. important, which is privacy. So a lot of experts are basically saying that we're moving towards a society where privacy is basically non-existent anymore. And that's because of a number of different things. Like we can already see it happening with China right now. They have the most advanced artificial intelligence society right now, technology implemented in society. They live in a surveillance society. Surve they live in a surveillance society. There's a camera on every junction of every road in every building kind of thing. And, um, and it scans your face. It scans your movements, your face, and it knows where you've been, uh, what side of your house you enter. Um, your social credit, you know. Yeah. Did, you, did you tell someone to fuck off yesterday? Did right. you spill a drink on somebody? Did they leave you a a bad rating that somebody report you No, that determines if you can get that soda in the vending machine. This is the thing, right? So, okay. Right. So privacy, because that is like literally selling your soul to your government for, on the premise of a number of things, right? They, they do it because the Chinese government say there's a propaganda tool that basically says this is going to keep us all safe and help us all develop as a nation. Um, but what we can also see is that the Chinese government isn't exactly the best uh, keeper of human rights, you know? And, and so there's, there's, there's that massive, massive uh, fundamental uh, kind of challenge of, of how, do we, how do we make sure we balance the implementation of this technology against keeping some of our privacy and keeping some of our human rights too. 
I, I know from a lot of friends that are Chinese and people that have, you know, done business in Shenzhen and um, that have kind of experienced what it's like. I mean, you're making a trade-off and some people are happy to make this trade-off. Um, you're, you know, you're trading certain freedoms and liberties for certain pleasures and certain, um, certain amenities, certain things that you wouldn't normally get. Um, you know, for some people that's, that's worth trading. Some people feel like they have nothing to hide, nothing to lose, and they don't care. Mm -hmm. They would rather have a cleaner society of something for free in society, um, to live under some type of communist rule if it meant that they could have a good lifestyle and all they had to do was obey rules. Some people are fine with that. Mm. It's, I mean, you know, coming from most of Western society and even America, um, you know, where we really try to pride ourselves on freedom and liberty, that stuff seems crazy. We yeah. would never want to trade something like that, even for a more efficient, vibrant, utopian society. But some people would. Mm. It depends on your mindset. It really does. It's, yeah. it's a topic to get into. It is going to be fascinating to see how the rest of the world adopts AI. But one mm. thing I can say with certainty is that as because every nation is its own, you know, territory and sovereignty, you're you're not able to dictate what they do and do not do. So as China becomes more and more advanced with this, uh, you know, kind of technology, I feel like the rest of the world is just going to have to catch up. Just gonna have to. So, right. unfortunately, there's that uh, nightmare scenario where it actually is implemented and slowly and gradually becomes more and more like it is implemented in China. Uh, yeah. But the other thing yeah. that you mentioned was um, so it was privacy, but it was also um, yeah. Can you can you remember what it was? Because I kind of like I'm. Uh, I was talking about uh, you know privacy and then you know what what would an AI do? If they had access to that kind of knowledge or info, what would they do with it? Yeah, it's a huge question mark, and not even Elon Musk knows the answer to this. I mean, yeah, yeah it, 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 there are there are discussions of what happens if it it becomes so smart and so self serving that it doesn't see a need for the human race anymore. Well, what it what if you had let's say you could build an AI that could rationalize, that can make a decision based on its own knowledge. And let's say that AI is given access to the internet. It's given access to social media, to YouTube. It can see everything going on in the present. It can see everything going on in the past. And it can even make predictions on what could happen in the future. And you give it access to all that information that it can take in and learn from. You know, everything in history about humanity, would AI have a favorable view on humanity? Would it feel like it needs us or depends on us? Yeah. Would you, would you, I mean, that's the ultimate question, I think, and that scares a lot of people is wouldn't AI decide that humans are not necessary to, for existence on this planet? Are they holding this planet back? Mm -hmm. You know, are we... You know, would they see us as, as an infection? Would they see us as something unique um, in the grander universe, as something that should be protected? It's, it's really hard to answer that. Would it be able to make that decision at all? I have no idea. But if you gave artificial intelligence something that should be smarter than any of us, um, you know, that would have access to so much um, and 
an entire military depot or drone or to have access to a dam or to our power grid or um, anything, you know, you give it that control or, you know, it has that access. And then, you know, what, what rational decision would it make? That's what scares us. It's, it, it comes down to that like doomsday scenario. When you think about like, um, like the Terminator, um, or you think about shows like Westworld where they start rationalizing, gaining consciousness and turn against their, Dude, that um, show is amazing, bro. It is an incredible show. It's, it's a great show. But I mean, it it goes into AI and it goes into, you know, this idea of consciousness. Mm. You know, when you give a machine that can input as much as it wants, that doesn't really have a limit like we do as humans. Um, they can essentially be anywhere at once, like God. I, I, I think really it's it's the fear, isn't it? It's the fear of becoming obsolete, not needed, irrelevant. And that, that's something that Yuval Noah Harari, that author of Sapiens, t- touches mm-hmm. on a lot. He, he basically, he says the future is going to be like a struggle for relevance. And we're going to be the ones who are trying to keep up because there is this thing called the singularity, right? And we can discuss that now, which is yeah. the point in time where the growth of intelligence reaches a point which is unrecoverable like you can't come back from there it's just going to become exponential and Mm -hmm. you can't control it it's literally technology just going away and doing its thing (laughs) and there's there's nothing you can do uh so at that point we really have to just kind of go by the seat of our our pants and and try to try to keep up as much as possible which is where you know, and I'll let you talk about this. Uh, obviously, you're going to have a lot. Well, of- I mean, the singularity is already, you know, happening. It's in effect. Like we, we have all these technologies that will change the world. We have commercial drones. We, we have augmented reality and virtual reality. We, we have uh, blockchain and decentralization. We have robotics just around the corner we have ai that's getting incredibly sophisticated which is you know the forefront of this podcast but um you know the singularity is in effect right now and you know it could happen at any point where society completely changes Mm. when all of these things go mainstream when all these things become a staple in your everyday life in your household um in the street in business where you can't get away from it, where every day you're interacting with a robot or jumping in VR or augmenting your reality for, um, for retail or to play a game in public or, um, you know, or everything's decentralized from your money to your contracts. Um, just, I mean, there's, there's so much that can happen all at once. Um, you know, and I think it's not necessarily a scary thing. It's just, it's a, it's a shocking thing. Mm. You know, with singularity, it's it's happening, and with that includes merging with technology. So you're not scared. I'm I'm excited. You know, there's nothing wrong with a with a brave new world per se. Right. But, it doesn't. Um, it's not necessarily going to be bad. I mean, it, no. people could people could fear the worst, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's an opportunity. You know, I mean, with everything, it's an opportunity. Whether it's change or crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, I just see it as opportunity. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not shy of it, but you know, I can understand why a lot of people would be afraid. Yeah. 
Um, you know, that's a huge, huge change in the society. But, you know, a lot of people saw the, the internet when it first came out as something that's fairly irrelevant and slow and who knows what it'll actually do. Mm. We had the dot-com boom and busts and, you know, that could have been the end of it too. But, you know, the internet has changed the entire fabric of our world. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Um, imagine if there was no internet today. That's right. crazy. That would, right? be a, that would be a strange, I don't, I mean, I don't know, but it's no entirely plausible that we could have come up with another technology that would have radically changed the world. But yeah, it well, would have been. There are a lot of technologies that can and probably will radically change the world, but that's the singularity. All these things are going to happen at once in just different arenas. Mm. Uh, there's just so much going on, but we're already in the throes of it. It's happening. So well, I think it's time for a shot. Yeah, it's time for a shot. This is getting quite deep. It is. It's getting quite deep. I, I am not as, uh, I'm quite pessimistic. I do recall future. this being your topic, though, for the, for the week, for this episode. It's a really interesting topic. I mean, it is interesting. We, could have, we could have a whole podcast on AI. I mean, you know, we're, we're not experts yeah. by any means, but. Well, shit, we could talk for six hours, just like Joe Rogan and Alex Jones, and just go crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we Our could do AI's not over the world. I think he's the guy to talk to for that long. Anyway, cheers, bro. Tink. It does taste good. Mm -hmm. But it's also, it is strong, though, without a doubt. It is. How much volume is this? This is 40%. How much volume is Jameson? It's got to be more. I imagine it's 40. Do you think it's really cool? I see how different distillation methods can give you a different feel. Gotta grab some water, guys. Yeah, you need something to help with this. We did con consider doing um, some some different types of drinks at some point as well, we not did. just always keeping it to the yeah. shots. You know, what we want to do at some point is, you know, I mean, we could do shots all the time, but I mean, eventually you run out of bottles, it gets boring. Yeah. Um, and we'll do it. We'll keep Unless doing it. Unless it's sponsored by artisan companies. Just put it well, out there, boys. You better hope we didn't, we don't get sponsored by Jameson. Or you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, exclusively sponsored by Jameson. Every single that, episode is just us what, That would be a tough decision if they gave us a sponsorship deal. We had to drink Jameson and rebrand. It's kind of like you're, you're at the meeting and you're like, you're, you're just like, double taking well, yourself. Uh, like, I don't know if I can commit to drinking Jameson, but it is a lot of money. <laughs> Like shit, like would you sacrifice your health for the bag of cash? <laughs> but we could do it for a season and see what happens. Probably be dead by the end of it. I don't think we'd make it through the season. I don't think we would make it. Um, like I like Jameson, guys. I really do. I'm not shitting on it, but I'm not going to shoot Jameson. I, I like think they would too. agree. I think I the company like would have called us up at some point and just and would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? You don't you don't take shots of Jameson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, my manager asked me to contact you and tell you that there's a big health risk for you in your uh, show if you carry on the way you're doing it. Yeah. Oh, I don't dude, think you're cool with this season. <laughs> but anyway, so like back to this whole um, singularity and it becoming something that we have to adapt to. We talked about, well, 
actually, let me ask you this. Are there any very no, uh, uh, notable systems that are in place right now that are making these kinds of leaps? When, when you say systems, what do you mean? I mean, I know that uh, companies, tech companies have been working on their own AI platforms like Facebook wow. and Google. So wow. I don't know anything about them. Maybe you do. Well, a lot of these companies, you know, are working on different things and they're trying to leapfrog each other in different, different ways in tech. Um, they're all trying to fight for relevancy. Google's a massive company. Facebook's a massive company. Microsoft, massive company. Apple, massive company. I mean, and they're all, in some ways, you know, they're all making phones. Uh, you know, they're all dabbling in um, audio technology and shit like that that we all buy at the store, but they're all experimenting in different ways too. Like Facebook is diving heavily into virtual reality and they're cornering the market. Google, for a while has been trying to dive into augmented reality and corner the market. Um, you know, a lot of these big companies are trying to find avenues and new emerging technologies that they can own. Um, you know, Facebook has done it probably best so far with Oculus, um, buying them up, turning it into a very, very big company at this point, you know, and being very successful and creating a headset with six degrees of freedom and no cords. It's incredible. Mm. Um, with the same power as a, a, uh, a PC with a really good graphics card. Like it's incredible what you can put on your face. Right. Um, so, and it, when it comes to AI though, like, I mean, we, we've talked about uh, the, the issue with Facebook when they had their chat bots and had to shut them down. So I, I've had so many. Is that true? Uh, so some people think that it's not true. I think it is true. Um, I don't see why it wouldn't be true. I mean, just because it sounds like fear mongering doesn't mean that it is fear mongering. Um, because it's scary doesn't mean it's not true either. So, you know, Facebook's a big enough, powerful, innovative company that, you know, shit, it's believable to me. So, I mean, the story is that they created two chatbots, two AIs, um, and they were teaching them how to negotiate over a product for a dollar amount. So they're teaching two bots how to negotiate with each other. Yeah. And these bots were told to speak English. And all of a sudden, the two bots, after a few minutes, started um, creating shortcuts in the language in English to do this negotiation. And they negotiated successfully over a product for, for money um, with this butchered version of English. And they kept going. And they kept talking about things, um, you know, and then the, the rumor is they shut down both of the, the AI chatbots because, you know, it, it freaked them the fuck out. Mm. They you had language and everything. AIs, they're teaching to negotiate, you know, be rational to think about something, um, you know, to outthink each other. And, you know, they, they develop their own language. They decide English is not efficient is essentially mm. what happened. Um, you know, and that's a scary thing. What if they decided that most of, you know, what we do or who we are is inefficient? Yeah, inefficient, yeah. So Which it that, totally is. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a scary thought. Um, you know, I don't blame them for wanting to shut it down, but I mean, that's telling. That's a very, very early sign that, you know, if you gave artificial intelligence the ability to um, make a decision, you know, would it decide that something is efficient, that something's irrelevant, um, you know, and then what kind of actions would they take? I mean, in this case, they decided English was inefficient, so they developed their own language on the fly. 
Um, and <laughs> which sounds crazy, but apparently they did and su successfully negotiated. That's a little scary. I know that's a very simple example, but that's, I mean, when you blow that up on a macro scale, that's, that's scary as shit. Well, aren't so, we going to have to get there anyway? You know, because if we're going to, if we're going to really make the most of AI, we want it to be able to do things that quickly. Yeah. We want to be I, able to understand it too and control it. But right. like, like everyone says, there'll be a point when we just can't, and we're going to have to just let it do its thing. We're going to have to let it do it. Our intelligence will be a fraction of the overall intelligence of the planet, which will be mostly artificial. I think, I think that really depends. I think one, it's, it's going to happen no matter what. I think it's, it's impossible to stop technological growth and innovation. It happens absolutely no matter what. It, depends, it doesn't matter on funding. It doesn't matter who does it or where it happens. It's going to happen. It just takes time. Mm. Um, you know, it's, we're going to get to the point where we have an AI that's as smart as a human, most likely smarter, um, you know, that is conscious in some ways. They can rationalize and make decisions. We may um, already have one, but it's hidden and it's, it's isolated, i.e. it's not connected to the internet of all things. It's possible. Right? I, mean, I mean, because it's possible that they have an AI on a, on a computer. It's possible that they have the data. What I'm, what I'm ultimately worried about is an AI built on top of quantum computing. Um, you know, Google is the first to supposedly claim quantum supremacy with their 53 qubit chip. Um, What's quantum computing? What is this? So, so I have my notes here, but I'm going to try and do it without my They're notes. Like it's quantum physics so, using the, the same like, principles, right? I don't know. So how many people are familiar with normal binary bits? I don't know. But essentially how a computer works is it works on a one and zero system. Uh, a yes and no system. Um, so a um, a bit is in a up state, a down state, a yes state, a no state, and they use that to make calculations um, and to you know solve problems. And that's essentially how a computer works at its core. Um, what a quantum computer does is it uses something called a, a qubit. A qubit can exist in both states at any given time. Right. That means you can exponentially change the rate of a calculation. So not only does a computer have to run statistics for a bunch of ones and zeros, those ones and zeros can also mean zeros and ones at the same time, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, it's probably going to go over most people's heads like it is mine right now, but I, I'm, I'm trying to understand. Um, it's a little, I know it's complex, but imagine, imagine being able to make a yes and no decision at the same time. Yeah, it's like so much more efficient, right? Yes, like if I said, yo, Clement, want to take another shot? Your answer would be yes you know? or no. <laughs> but, you know, what if that was at the same time, a yes and a no? Yeah. It's a little crazy to think about, but that's quantum computing in a macro nutshell, a big fucking nutshell. <laughs> it must be a macro nutshell. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of micro stuff in there. There's uh, a lot of micro but I yeah, okay, it. okay, that's fascinating. Well, that speeds things up. So, um, I mean, again, the issue with it though is if you have a computer, which Google is, you know, um, Google is saying they have the first quantum chip at 53, 53 qubits and that can solve a problem 
that a normal computer would never be able to solve in any reasonable amount of time, which is insane, especially given the fact we do have supercomputers and things that can do crazy shit. Um, the, and a lot of people, you know, smart people, and I agree with them, believe that quantum computing is a very long ways away still. Yes, mm -hmm. the idea of it exists. Can we build a chip that can kind of do that? Yes. But to have a real quantum computer that could affect society, we're anywhere between 50 and a century away from actually having that. It's very complex technology. But, you know, so the only way technological that AI breakthrough. would be able to exist. So the only way AI would be able to exist would be if it was on the backbone of something powerful enough to support it, right? Right. I mean, so, I mean, the, the, what I'm trying to get to here with AI is that if you use normal computing as the backbone for AI, I mean, AI will have a limit to what it can do, right. but it will be very powerful. Gotcha. Um, but if AI was built on the back of quantum computing, it would be very scary how smart it is. Um, it would even be scary to computers if computers could feel fear. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. The, the problem with quantum computing is it has the ability to break standard uh, common encryption. And our society, modern society, is built on encryption, the encryption methods we have. And it's very difficult to build an encryption method that's quantum resistant. Very difficult. Um, so if some company like Google um, or an AI was given access to quantum computing and it existed, we would be very, very vulnerable, not only to how quickly it could compute and make a decision rationally, but how badly it could destroy our society. There'd be no encryption method in the world that would be able to stop it currently. Mm. So, there's, you know, there's a lot of people also studying this um, on the other end, um, trying to figure out how to make something quantum resistant. You know, it happens with technology. Like with, if someone builds a computer, matter someone's, matter. Yeah. someone's going to build a virus. If, if someone, um, you know, pours water into a glass, someone's going to find a way to, to poke a hole in the glass or break the glass. Uh, same thing with quantum computing. There's a lot being done to try and find something that's quantum resistant or anti quantum computing to, right. you know, protect against it. Just right. like, you know, you have a virus to a computer and malware to a virus um, it's a never-ending cycle of innovation, but it's at a point where if it came out, if it did exist today, it would destroy and disrupt society on a level we've never seen before. Mm. And matching that to AI could be devastating. Sounds like this not is... Unlike, it's not likely. You kind of like it? It's not, no, it's not likely. Oh, I don't like likely. it. Why would I like that? <laughs> That's why, why I had like to ask you. Because I was like, what is wrong with Brandon? <laughs> Artificial anarchism. I get, I get such. I a, love it. Such a rush off that. It's my thing. <laughs> such a high. <laughs> so it kind of like ties into three issues that Noah, no, uh, excuse me, what the uh, Yuval Noah Harari mentions, which are facing humanity, uh, which are technology, right? Which is AI, right? Nuclear war and climate change, and. Um, I suppose when you think about AI being an issue that faces our, like could potentially be our extinction, there is also the, the aspect of AI being used as a weapon, right? So you right. could take 
that knowledge or sorry you could take that ability to crack encryption and you could totally decimate your opponent by just knowing everything uh, getting access to everything in their nation um, so weaponized ai is a massive problem potential future threat and if google is the only place on the planet the only entity on the planet that can perform these kinds of calculations you can see the the conundrum here right it's like yeah. Well, I mean, you also have IBM calling out Google for their bullshit, too. So, I mean, we don't know if Google has actually claimed quantum supremacy. We don't know if IBM's right and you know, they're just doing it for headlines. Who knows? Right. Right. I mean, who right. knows if this stuff really exists already, if it's not even close? We don't know. But, I mean, the reality is it will exist at some point. Mm. Um, it could exist tomorrow because, you know, technological breakthroughs happen all the time. They could happen mm. tomorrow. It could happen in a hundred years. I don't know. I'm just saying that when it does happen, it's gonna it's gonna be big, and it's not something that we should we should be excited about. It's something that will be very, they'll create a lot of issues, right? Especially if you attach it to AI. One of the things that I'm very concerned about, and I know that we're we're I'm, I'm being pretty negative in my approach to this conversation because I think that That's this, okay. is very, this is one of the most important aspects of it is the the pessimism aspect. So yeah. one of the issues that I have with AI is that it's built on data, predominantly built on huge, huge sums of data that are just fed into these uh, algorithms and programs, and they just extrapolate and extrapolate and extrapolate potential outcomes, understanding of patterns and things. But if the data itself is us like it's it, the data is basically from us and we are not perfect beings we have fears we have desires we have uh you know we're neurotic we're arrogant we're um selfish we're racist we're bigots we're you know we're all these things as well as the good stuff too but if we're feeding very intelligent or potentially intelligent algorithms data that's flawed inherently right and from a from a from a value perspective what is the what is the super intelligent being that is going to come out the other end you got to remember i mean when we get down to ethics ethics is something that came out of religion a long time ago right um so that, you know, religion is for a long time formed the backbone of our society. And that's why we have ethics in everything we do, even from, from a small household level to a government level. That's just part of humanity. Ethics are part of humanity. Um, and AI doesn't have ethics. Right. And AI doesn't have emotion unless we gave it emotion. And even if we did, it could choose not to have it. Right. It's not a human. It's not like it's built into us and it can't be changed. A lot of that stuff can be rechanged, reprogrammed, written over. It's code. A lot of it's code. A lot of it's neural networks. Um, you know, I mean, the only thing it can't change is hardware. Um, and, but in time, it could change its own hardware. It's, you know, you can cut behind systems. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the thing that worries me the most. I think with ethics, I think it would be an option for, for an AI. I don't know. I don't know if you could build that into an AI. There's a good movie with uh, Will Smith called iRobot. Have mm. you seen it? Yeah, I've seen that one. Um, yeah. where they give all these robots like these three laws where they can't like harm humans or they can't commit a crime or something like that. It's supposed to govern them. 
And then some of these robots start breaking these rules. They don't know why. And they find out that um, the AI that runs them all um, was, you know, overriding the laws. Mm. Um, right. you know, so, yeah. so, I mean, let's, let's say you created laws for an AI and what it could do and what it could not do. Um, could it just like a human choose not to obey it? Mm. I mean, if it could make a rational decision, like, I mean, we have laws as humans, most of us obey them by choice, but we could choose not to obey the laws. We could commit crimes. We do it all the time. Why wouldn't a machine be able to do that if it could make a decision? That's, that's a scary thing because then you can't put a limit onto what it does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Shout out Will Smith. Shout out Will Smith. Listen to our, listen to our podcast, Make Us Go Viral. Yeah, well, we would like to have you on as a guest one day, if that's okay yeah. with you. Well, we want to have you on as well, a guest. Well, we know you're listening right now, all right? Don't fucking lie. We know we you're listening. Our podcast. <laughs> I'm going to email it to you after this, too. Oh, man, there's so many things that we could talk about. I mean, I have so many yeah. things. Like, like I'm, will will AI become self-aware? You know, what kind of rights would would artificial intelligence have if it were to become and we were able to prove that it was self-aware, where would you draw the line? And um, Let's talk about rights. Do you think an AI deserves rights? At this point in time, no. But I think if well, you could, serious, without, without, with a reasonable, uh, without a reasonable shadow of doubt, prove that it was self-aware and conscious, like you see in the movies, I'm not sure even if this translates into reality, but if it's a scenario like that, where let's say, for example, you have AI programs that are running in autonomous robots that are like your companions or whatever, and they do end up having um, self-awareness, then, uh, you know, it's... Well, let's, let's talk about consciousness then for a minute, because, I mean, whether it's a machine or a human or an animal or a tree... All those things have consciousness. So it, are we going to get to the point at some point where we would have to create a scale of consciousness in where rights begin and end? Mm. That, that becomes fascinating. If you could create an AI or robot that had consciousness, at least a degree of consciousness where it could you know, understand itself and understand its surroundings and interact, I think there's Make a decision for that, isn't there? You know, does it deserve, does it deserve to have rights? Does mm-hmm. it deserve to have rights because it's conscious? Is that something only given to something that's organic versus something mechanical? Does that really make a difference? I think that's where our society is going to start breaking down and we're going to have to start redefining things. I think it's where a values test. It's a test for consciousness. It's more complicated than that, but yes, it, it does exist. Um, well, we used to trick ourselves into thinking that, you know, black people weren't, you know, entirely, uh, um, they weren't entirely deserving of, of, of the same rights as the rest of us. And yes, and that was a stupid point in time, but you know, we got through it. (laughs) Not that we're not that it's the same thing. This is completely unprecedented. Uh, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, uh, it will happen from, from what I've been reading and listening to and watching that this will eventually become a real consciousness. I do believe that. 
Mm-hmm. So, but by that, by the time that that happens, I'm not even sure if we'll be in the driving seat anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, there's another good movie. I just can't remember what the movie is called, but I mean, they were exploring this idea of is something real if it's, if it's mechanical, like what's, where's the difference lie? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's, there's some other really interesting studies that have been done on uh, like trees, for example. So there are in some major force in a lot of places in the world, um, you know, trees have the ability to understand who's next to them through their root system. And they will actually share and exchange uh, certain nutrients through the soil, through their root system to other plants Mm. that are a different species. Wow. Completely different species. Um, you know, there are, there are some that will, you know, work with each other to help each other out. They have a whole ecosystem. You could even say a force is a community in a lot of ways. Like I in mean, Avatar. <laughs> That's the yeah, whole. It's similar to Avatar, but I mean, these, these are real studies. Um, you know, these, these trees are reacting and interacting with each other. And they, in a, in a way, have their own community in these force where mm. they help each other in a mutual way. Um, mm you have to ask yourself if a tree can do that does, does that mean the tree is conscious we know the tree's alive but is that a form of consciousness yeah and where do you draw the line yeah right so are are we going to start drawing a line and saying trees have the right to freedom of speech and things like that as well you know um, it would be a little bit hard for them to it would be a little hard but i mean do they deserve that right <laughs> I, I yeah. mean, it's it's a weird question, but I mean, it's very it tricky. Have the same rights that a human should have. It's very tricky. Where do we, uh, draw the line? Where, where do we feel stupid? I think we kind of weigh up things in, from a very biased perspective. So I think the way that we make decisions is who's holding the gun, and we're holding the gun most of the time, exactly. right? So once AI becomes powerful enough, I think we'll start to. Um, well, I think that we might have a different view on that, but um, but yeah, I, I I really honestly I I don't know I don't know what I would say I would I think if you were if you were not careful, you know it could end up very bad. But uh, that's why you know we need to be very careful about I think the decisions we're making. The question we have to ask is what would the AI say? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's almost an impossible question to ask which is why it's so scary. Well, I think by that point, it would be saying something, wouldn't it? Because if, if, if the whole question of whether it had a self-awareness and consciousness was, was being discussed, it would be likely that something had happened which made us question it. And it probably would be the AI trying to communicate or in some degree, something along those lines. Now we're getting deep. Should we go now one more shot? Now we're getting deep, bro. Another shot? Oh my God, you oh, already prepared it? God damn. It's vodka. You're okay. You can do it. You can do it. Don't worry, Clements. You're young. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. I'm just getting flashbacks from the last episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was um, that. That one burned. That last episode. Jesus. We still gotta. We still gotta do that Glenfiddich too. Tink. Here's to pod shots. Hmm. An Irish guy doing the intro would be a pretty good idea too. And by the way, 
If you're listening to this and you're wondering why we keep talking about our intro in different languages and accents and things, it's because we haven't done one yet. And we had one done by... We'd love to. We'd, we'd love, love to have one. So if you have an interesting accent and you are a good voiceover artist, we need you. But we had one done by a, a Russian lady and we're going we're gonna to test that out um, just because it's, uh, it's a pretty, pretty interesting mix. It was no, it's kind of our fault a little bit because we did ask her to use a really thick Russian accent, and it came out really good in a lot of ways. But it's not understandable. One thing thing is, she fucked up your last name, Clement. Yes, Jung. (laughs) And and you know what? I wouldn't mind so much. Like I'd be more than happy to go ahead with it. But thinking about the long term, if I'm if we're going to use that and it's going to be there forever. I'd rather that it's correct than not because right. if people will watch that in the future and be like, oh, the, the guy's name is Clement Young. And no, then you spend the rest of your life saying, no, it's Young. It's Young. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wish I'd never fucking done that with the Russian voiceover artist. Yes, yes. It would, it would, get, uh, it would get testy very quickly. Yeah. But, but um, we'll but, figure it out. We'll get it fixed. There's, we have a lot of ideas for how we want to improve the podcast. I mean, it all, you know, first off is the lighting. I got the lighting down in this apartment. Mm. Um, I look good. I even look like I'm glowing. Look at that. Beautiful. <laughs> you do. You do, bro. <laughs> I, do. I you look awesome. Like you're glowing. I look like I'm. I'm. I look like I'm. You, you look a little suspicious. You, <laughs> suspicious. Look, you look like you were just got. I look like I'd be flagged by an AI algorithm yeah. right now. Yes, flagging you for illegally jerking off to. This guy has clearly been masturbating. Too many times. Yes, and he, and he has a British accent too, the AI. Yeah, uh, which is very poorly um, hidden under a German accent right now, but never mind. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Let's talk about, maybe this could be our final kind of thought is, sure. okay, there's a lot of sci-fi that cover AI. It's just one of those mm-hmm. topics that's really interesting. And um, the ones that I'm fascinated most by are the is the topic of downloading your consciousness whether it's into another physical being or whether it's just into the ether the digital or uploading ether. consciousness per se sorry uploading exactly uploading uh and there's a there's a few there's a few different movies and tv shows that i can think there's of a, off the top of my head there's a really good movie called transcendence with johnny depp have you seen that one Right. I haven't actually seen Transcendence. No, but I know the one you're talking about. It's a good movie. Um, essentially, what he does is he is that a figures horror? out. No, it's it's one of those like um, sci-fi movies. It starts off with him like finding out how to take his consciousness and upload it into a machine, into a computer. Um, and he finally does it, and then you know it's something that gets out of control once he uploads to the internet. Um, and then once he gets access to the internet, he has access to everything because it's essentially him in the internet being able to manipulate and do anything. Um, and you know it gets to the point where it's so out of control that he's you know changing the fabric of society, and everyone's trying to stop them, and they can't. This is really cool use with like nanotech where he's able to like um, with nanotech, like repair, destroy, create different mechanical like objects at will nanotechnology. Um, And he could spread it throughout the world through rain 
So he's uh, more physical, like kind of symptom. Well, he, he could use nanotech to be physical, to have a physical presence. Right. Uh, to take over someone's body, to recreate a body. Uh, some really interesting concepts. It gets really deep um, the more you get into the movie. And then eventually it gets to the point where, um, you know, he gets stopped and shut down and whatnot. But I mean, um, even though he's no longer part of the internet and stuff like that, he still exists through all the, the nanobots, the nanotech scattered throughout the world because mm -hmm. he's encoded into them all. So every time it, it's really cool. So every time it rained, um, you know, he, that's where he'd be. A little bit of him would be there. Um, there's a really cool scene at the end where they had this Farron cage, um, that, you know, that kind of blocks uh, any kind of um, satellite, internet perception, things like that. So, you know, it's like a tech-free zone. Uh, they had this like Farron cage and they had like these plants and then they had like the rain come down through the Farron cage into the plant pot, into like a dead plant. And then the nanobots could revive the plants. Um, it was a really cool ending where it was like, he doesn't exist as an AI anymore. But his consciousness is still like in our ecosystem. It's still there. And he's still doing things, even if he can't, you know, technologically reach anything. It, it was a really cool movie. It gets really deep and it's a little bit of a headache. You got to watch it once or twice. Um, it's a thriller, but it explores a different idea of being able to take your consciousness and do something with it. Mm. Um, there's another good movie that came out not too long ago called Replicas with Keanu Reeves. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you that one i actually rewatched it the other day um essentially what he was trying to do is figure out how to take someone's consciousness and put it into a robot um and what he realized uh because it wasn't working is that he couldn't put someone's consciousness into a robot because it would reject the robot body it doesn't recognize the robot body so he had to make clones of his well i mean i'm trying not to spoil the movie but yeah, you, don't want, <laughs> you don't want to ruin it for everyone although let's just be honest that movie's been out for a while now if you haven't seen that movie yet like me if you haven't seen that movie fuck you i'm gonna tell you so his family dies you feel happy now feel better yeah his family <laughs> dies he clones his entire family he copies their consciousness from their dead bodies and puts them into the clones and it works and he realizes that it works because, you know, their consciousness recognizes and imprints onto those bodies correctly. So what he does by the end of the movie is he implants his own consciousness onto this robot um, that he tricks the robot into believing, or he tricks the, his consciousness into believing the robot's body is his actual body. Right. And that's how they successfully transfer it to to robot. It's, right. it's a very interesting ending. It's really, um, it's a sad movie, like the first like half hour, but it's really good too. Um, again, diving into this idea of uploading, downloading, you know, consciousness and um, like what you could possibly do with that. Mm. Um, and we're getting to a point in society where it's not something that's completely science fiction. Um, you know, the the human mind is in a lot of ways the last frontier of the human body of human biology um and at some point very soon we're going to be able to map that and understand how it works and when we do which isn't too far away we're going to be able to realistically take what who we are 
you know, and put it somewhere else to put it's it in a exactly computer. exactly what Westworld is. Westworld is a program, TV show, which is based on a movie from the 70s, which wasn't that great, apparently. Didn't but watch, the new it looks watchable to me, honestly. It just doesn't look so watchable. So, <clears throat> but the TV show is mind-blowing. It's so good okay. that even the show runners of Game of Thrones have cameoed on there. They just love it so much. So, <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, we're in the third season right now. Third season just started. Third, third season's season just really started, man. And I was watching it last night. I was watching it until like 3 a.m. because I wanted to <laughs> get I wanted to get right. it done. And I was not disappointed. I think there's been three seasons, and the third season is just as good as the others. And I'm so very happy that this thing exists. But essentially, yeah. it's about theme parks, um, which allow you to um, go to different uh, times in the history of humanity, like the Wild West or the medieval world or ancient Japan. It's a, it's a theme park for adults, essentially. Theme park so for adults, where you can literally role play as much as you want to the degree that Anything you can you even kill people. You can have sex with anyone you want. You can you can basically be an outlaw, or you can be like a good guy, or you can just whatever. And I, and I thought that I think, I think that's really where it starts. And everyone's like, wow, this is cool. But, and I'm not going to try and spoil this because it is new and it's, it's just come out. Well, uh, we don't, we don't have to talk about season three, but we can definitely talk about the first two seasons. Yeah. So, 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 well, to a certain degree, you probably could, but, but I won't spoil it, but there's a huge twist, which involves basically the company running the theme parks has a hidden agenda and that hidden agenda has to do with big data. And that mm. big data is very valuable, incredibly valuable. And they're like literally the biggest big data. <laughs> yeah. And the so, way I mean, essentially it, every time you would interact with these hosts in the TV show, when yeah. they're in this theme park, they were collecting data mm. on who these people are and what these people do. And they could sell that. Yeah. And that is actually what's happening in society today. Right. This, this is just a different representation of how that's happening. And that was happening a lot in season two. It was really interesting. Mm. Um, Season two also got into the concept of, uh, you know, actually uploading your consciousness. Uh, exactly. Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, um, who was playing the, the dude that, you know, helped start the theme park. Spoiler alert. Uploaded, yeah. Yeah, spoiler alert. Fuck you. He uploaded his consciousness into the system. So, I mean, throughout season two, he was uh, following around the character William, the, the man in black guy. I mm. love that character. And awesome. Bernard as well, the, the, the black yeah. guy. Yeah. Bernard. Yeah, Bernard. Uh, essentially, he, his consciousness was in the system, uploaded to it, um, following them around, kind of guiding them towards like the next like, uh, episodic finale of the season. The first season was my favorite, though, because they really explored the idea of a consciousness forming yeah. Yeah. Um, and how you could take something that was just a robot that really didn't understand anything, and then mm -hmm. it could actually learn and grow a consciousness by the end of the season. It was incredible to like really dive into that. And they explored a lot of uh, concepts in neuroscience because my background is in neuroscience, um, cognitive dissonance, the bicameral mind, things like that. Um, and then put them all together in a very elegant way to create like a step-by-step -step process, like a pyramid almost of how this could happen. And then they get so much data and they get so good at it that they're able to like in season two, show you how they write the code and it's literally a book it's yeah. a book of just symbols which are basically the code right and that yeah. book represents 
everything you would need to create that one personality. Mm-hmm. And I just it blew my mind. And it's uh, pretty incredible. And then, you know, season three, I'm not going to say much about season three because it kind of just started. And I think we're only two episodes in. I'm not three. sure. Three? Oh, I'm behind. We're three in. Three so episodes in. But essentially, I mean, it's, you know, you have these hosts that are now in society that are conscious, that are aware, um, you know, that are, you know, doing things, making moves, things are happening. Um, so it's very interesting, completely different take on what you've seen in the first two seasons of Westworld. Mm. But shit, if you haven't seen Westworld and you're interested in AI, you're interested in robotics, you're interested in consciousness, it is an incredible it's like TV it's show. It's all wrapped together, isn't it? It's amazing yeah. how they do it, that. It's, it's the show that's superseding Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones has carried HBO because it was such a juggernaut for so long. Um, now that Game of Thrones is over, and they are doing a spinoff. I don't know if that's going to do well or not, but mm. Westworld is is what's carrying HBO now. I'm going to blow and your mind. Incredible, man. I'm going to blow your mind. So blow it. Because they, they're such good friends, the showrunners between the two different shows, they mm. actually considered at some point um, putting the Game of Thrones characters in Westworld because it was a world within Westworld, <laughs> which would have been amazing, but we never, it yeah, that, that would have been kind of damaging for Game of Thrones. No, that I don't think so. I think, you know, I think that'd be incredible for ratings if you could mix something like that in. Do you think so? Westworld, Westworld has that flexibility. I don't know if you can do that in season three. It's um, possible I, to do it now, actually, because Game of Thrones is finishing. So that would be, that would be interesting. Although they're doing a spinoff, though, so you'd always be thinking, oh, this is a set in Westworld. I'm right? telling you, if Kit Harrington made an appearance in Westworld, it'd be insane. That would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's already a dragon in season three, so yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah. Well, that was a real spoiler, but we told you already. We already warned you. <laughs> well, you spoiled it for me, so fuck you, Clement. <laughs> worried about the audience what about me I'm just, i mean you're a co-host so 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 let's say you you upload yourself and this is this is really this is really where it's at for longevity in terms of you know the, the being able to digitize your consciousness the question really is for people who want to live forever if i do that is it really me that's the question because i personally don't think it is I think it's just a program. And I think that program could eventually, or could even start being conscious. So it would literally be a copy of your consciousness. Let me ask you this. Do you believe that everything you are, your your consciousness, everything that makes up Clement could be computable and written into a equation? No. I don't. I think that every... I think that every minutia of my physical being could, but I don't think whatever's behind my physical being, the energy, I don't think that's translatable. But the energy, your personality, your thoughts, your memories, they come from somewhere. Right. You know, that stuff originates, you know, from, from the mind. The mind controls not only your consciousness. We don't know that for sure, and I don't believe that either. I'm not well, religious as a person, disclaimer, but I don't believe that we are our physical selves. Um, I think there's something else there. So I would, I would be, I would be surprised if it really was possible to copy your consciousness, your specific consciousness, 
mm. digital anywhere really just anywhere at all um which is funnily enough if i just go side side track into another uh, topic here which is funnily enough why i think that um you know in star trek you have transporters you can transport you can beam people to different parts of the universe sure i don't think that's possible because essentially you'd have to well I mean, what if I told you that, I mean, you, particles disappear and reappear in other places all the time. What if you could reprogram matter to disappear and reappear somewhere else? What do you mean? Like quantum physics? Okay, what you have to understand with quantum physics is when you get to the quantum level, everything you know about physics goes out the door. Mm. If yeah. you study quantum physics, if you're a quantum physic physicist, you understands very clearly that there are many things you cannot explain that you just have to accept because um, they butt in the head of everything we know in our reality. So if you broke things down to the quantum level, things work differently. It is possible for something like that to happen. And they've done experiments with the large hadron Hadron Collider, Jesus Christ. It's the Grey Goose, bro. It's really getting, it's really getting yeah. into your tongue now. I feel like I should do one more shot before we wrap this up, just so I can finish my thoughts. Um, right, let's do it. This is a pretty deep topic anyway. This is, and you know, this is going really well. We're really getting into the, we're, we're really kind of going into spirituality slash religion slash. We are. And I want to talk about that too, really quick before we wrap things up, because I think. We just want to cover religion in a couple of minutes, by the way, guys. Yeah, just a couple of minutes. We're going to cover thousands of years of religion from everything from worshiping a fucking tree to worshiping, you know, um, Mary, Jesus. And the, don't, don't be mad at me. Jesus is literally hanging there. Mary's in the corner. Oh, really? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, that's Colombia for you. That's Latin America. All right. Look at those topics. There's, there's Mary. Oh, They're yeah. They're at the table here. I mean, you can't mm. see it behind me. You're safe at night. Sorry. In front of me, there's a, I got a little Jesus washing over my bed, and that's an issue. Um, <laughs> we won't go into why, but I'm pretty sure you're telling the truth. Yeah, he judges me quite often, but Tink. Hmm. Never gets old, baby. Never gets old. Hmm. Yes, you were saying. Um, one thing I was saying, Jesus, I can feel this shit. We're gonna get really drunk on one episode. I'm telling you, that's what we're gonna happen. If we drink, if we find um, an alcohol that's really, really powerful, we're gonna get. Well, we could do some absinthe. Mm, or we could do like a marathon two-hour podcast. We could do absinthe. We could absinthe? do. We won't even remember Bacardi, finishing. Bacardi one fifty one. We could do. A, oh my god! We could do a flaming shot. Mm, yes, we could. Let's just get a couple of lighters. I, I told you, I, I don't know if I've told you, but I mean, shit, I've done them in college. They, they burn going down, man. Hardest shot you could ever take. Oh, no, but I've been there, bro. I've been there. Trust me. Hard. Yeah, okay. there's, there's quite a few. Usually it's uh, like aniseed, you know, style liquors, like yeah. the Turkish ones. Uh, yeah, no, it's you're right. It's very, it's because it's hot, right? So it gets absorbed faster. And that's the trick, really. When you light it, it's ready to go, baby. It's like a bomb. You just put it in there, boom. It goes right into your well, system. I mean, so we, in college, I know this is kind of getting off topic, but it, you know, it's important. We're talking about alcohol, too. Important. <laughs> it's called pod shots. I mean, half the, half the podcast is called shots. So. Yeah, if um, anything, we're neglecting it. So. I know. 
and we got to talk about the alcohol. But, you know, in college, we used to pour straight 151 shots. I mean, you can take 151, you can pour it over the top of another shot um, and light it still. But we used to pour the 151 straight, full shot, and light it. And it burns. But, I mean, it had this taste where when you, you'd light it, we'd wait about 10 seconds um, and then blow it out and shoot it. <laughs> or sometimes just shoot it anyways. Um, but it almost like kind of like caramelize on top of the mm. shot. It had this really sweet taste to it because it was Bacardi and it was a rum and had the spice. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it's really sweet taste to it, but it burns like a motherfucker when mm. you threw that down. And it's like two and a half shots in one. Yeah. So, I mean, you can imagine. I don't know if you've done it before, but God, it fucking burns. It does kick ass. Yeah, no, I've done it before, bro. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um and the, I think for me, though, personally, I, I mean, I've never put them side by side and tested them like one night I test this and another night I test this. But I feel like what kicks my ass the most so far is proper absinthe, proper absinthe, not the, you know, the, the mainstream stuff, but the, yeah. the real stuff they used to drink back in the day. I, I went to a bar in Manila, uh, which my friend runs, and they have like proper absinthe in in like the, the, the just the, a bottle that doesn't even have a label on it, bro. It's like, it's just a green bottle. It doesn't sound legal. It doesn't sound legal. <laughs> it's probably not. Um, but the way they do it is cool. They have this kind of reservoir with a, with a kind of like a central reservation. And they have these little spoons that pop out from the sides. And they put the liquid, they put the, uh, the, the, the powder in, the, in, the, in each of the spoons. And, and, and it just kind of filters into the, the bottom. It's, it's hard to explain, but basically that's how they used to do it back in the day. And I swear to God, like one or two shots of that, if you don't eat much, you cannot remember what happens after that. It's literally like a sledgehammer hits you hard and you're done. So if you're right. economizing and you don't want to spend much on alcohol, Go for absinthe. <laughs> It'll get you there quickly. <laughs> yeah, or some like moonshine or something like that. Maybe. Probably find some crazy shit. Yeah, just go and but, visit your ex-convict pal. He'll sort you out with some. Yeah, or just go find your local like farmer or shaman. You can find some weird shit, man. They have some really? crazy stuff in, um, I'm sure every Southeast Asian country has this, but in the Philippines, they have some Grab crazy. Grab them America too. Homemade shit, basically. Well, it's, here it's commercialized. Like- I mean, right. I mean, take ayahuasca, for example. You can go to an ayahuasca house called Ayahuasca House, and they have shamans that fucking own it, and it's like a business. And you go there, and they take you on a spiritual journey for cash. <laughs> it's oh. But they actually do it. I mean, a lot I of this I mean, is this. great, though, because a lot of this stuff is legal here in the country, and you can do it, or it's at least decriminalized, so there's some kind of business around it so i mean it's safer you get a better experience out of it but it's it's funny like i, I bet you could find some really fucking strong absinthe or moonshine or something here in colombia i'm sure they have it yeah I, it's yeah. one of the few things i haven't looked for so i got so many drugs anyways so <laughs> yeah you're, you're pretty sorted no matter which way you go at it no, no yeah would you like some humble. strawberry flavored cocaine or pineapple flavored? <laughs> yeah i can imagine I'm like, I, I, I want n neither. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
of Colombia. Colombia. We every episode is literally at the end. It's like Colombia. I think. I think once we're both there and we're doing it from Colombia, it's gonna be. It's gonna be fantastic, man. It's gonna be so I mean, much. When you were already here, we got a whole bunch of shit happening. A whole bunch of shit done too. So mm-hmm. I mean, imagine when you come back and we already got this going. Yeah. Imagine we get in office like fucking Gary V. Gary V. We're gonna send you this. Episode. <laughs> um, but just out the whole floor. It's that cheap. Yeah, we're gonna have a wall just filled with alcohol. It's just like you can see on my. Oh shelf my here. god! It's like a bar in the that, office. That's, the, that's my worst nightmare. You see it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a whole line. That those are That'll bottles. Brilliant. That is all tequila. Almost all tequila. Um, I'm not an alcoholic. I can see that. Can I can see that. Do they have any other tequila there? They do, don't they? They have um, uh, Patron. Well, they have, of course they well, they have everything that's mainstream. They can import mm. clearly. Yeah. Um, actually, you get some relatively good prices, like Patron. Patron, I can get for forty bucks. Mm. I can get a Patron for forty bucks, a good one. Um, I can let's, get a Nejo. What are we gonna try next episode? What do you want to do? Well, well, I still have that Glenfiddich. You do, so but I, I feel think like it's still too early to go back down that road again. I think we should get it out of the way. It's, I really do. Go if back we to do the it, now, if we do the Glenfiddich and we get it out of the way, get it out of the then, way. Then you know we don't have to go back to Scotch for a while because I can tell you're not much of a Scotch guy for shooting. I like Scotch. I just don't want to shoot Scotch. That's the thing. Exactly. But if we get this out of the way, it's it's right there. Then we don't have to come back to it for a while. We can, we, can move on, we can move on to some other great, great. Okay. Glenfiddich, 12 years. 12 years sounds good to me. That sounds like it's going to be a lot better, easier to digest. I have the bottle. Want me to go get it real quick? I mean, if I can have a taste, that would be great. Well, I could throw it at the fucking computer and then <laughs> maybe you can kind of taste it. Maybe it would work. Bottle. If I was fucking digitized, <laughs> yeah, then that would work. I'd be able to imagine if you could. That's another thing. That's another thing. And I don't want to go, I don't want to jump right back into it again, but I think this is worthwhile saying that VR is getting to the point where the steam, the guy who heads up steam, which is a platform, basically where games developer platform, hardware developing platform responsible for the half-life games and things. Yeah. He's already saying that they're thinking about how to um, do neuro uh, neuro bridge uh, connections between VR. Well, I mean, it, Elon Musk actually has that kind of company. They have uh, Neuralink. Neuralink, yeah. You now they they had a they had a presser. I think it was the beginning of the year or towards the end of 2019, where they were actually talking about the progress of the company because it's kind of gone under the radar for all the things that Elon Musk does, and he does so much fucking shit. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. but the company is creating like this neural lace that goes like on your scalp that kind of interacts with your brain that's supposed to connect you to like whatever you connect it with. Um, you know, that technology is coming. It's part of the singularity. Yeah. Being able to not necessarily upload your mind, but I mean, being able to think and connect with technology. Imagine yeah, if you could just right. think, just think lights on and lights came on. You could think, uh, start the coffee maker, the coffee starts making. You could think, open up the windows, windows open. You could think, um, arm the house, and all of a sudden, you know, all the, all the guns come out and <laughs> <laughs> doors lock and, 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 and everything. And, 
little robot rolls up with a shotgun. <laughs> Imagine what you could do if you could just, you know, you could link with the Internet of Things. Mm. The Internet of Things is going to, like, be everywhere in your household and society and public and yeah. government and business. And imagine if you could uplink to that and you could just think something and it happens. Right. And they're using, they want to use this, you see, to try to investigate how to fully immerse yourself in a VR environment. Because right now, yeah, yeah it's really great. You can look around and you can see things and you can feel like you're visually there, but you can't smell, you can't feel the temperature. You can't, um, you know, I, I get uh, all your sensory inputs are not used. It's just your visual and your audio. Right. So they're thinking about, um, and he goes as far as to say, if you're a games developer, if you're an entertainment producer for consumption, and you are not already thinking about Neuralink or Neuralink, then you're going to lose because that's where the next buck is. You know, they brought out Half-Life 1, and that was like a, 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 that was like a milestone. And, and then they brought out Half-Life 2. This is Steam, by the way. <clears throat> Half-Life 2 was another milestone because we'd never seen graphics like that or an immersive environment or character animations like that. And now they bring out like this VR game, which is in between 2 and 3, uh, and it's called Half-Life Alex, which is now for the, you know, the, the VR headsets. And it's so good. It's getting such good reviews because it's never before seen a visual aesthetic within a VR world. Right. And mechanics are brilliant. So the next step is going to be milestone too, because they, that's how they do things. That's how Valve play. And I think the next milestone, well, it's probably not going to be a Neuralink, but you know, who knows? I think they'll get there one day, but that's just fascinating to me. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll definitely get there, but we're we're approaching it very quickly. Yeah, that's the Black whole point. stuff. Larry, we're yeah, it's just dude, it's around the corner. It's going to be here soon, and all of a sudden we're going to be connected to everything within yeah. everything, um, outside of everything. You know, including our bodies. Like Jesus, like there's not going to be any restrictions of like we're going to have like avatars. Our biology, yeah, like our own biology won't be a restriction. That's I think crazy. that was like Ready Player One, wasn't it? Where they where they were able to create. Well, Ready Player One was the uh, the VR stuff. Yeah, um, but that is another entire conversation. Entire. Exactly. That's another episode right there. Maybe even a whole podcast. VR. Maybe even just oh, we could do a whole TV show. <laughs> Loads of but, double digit uh, acronyms that we can cover in our episodes. Yeah, well, we can make a movie. They did. They made a movie. Steven Spielberg did. <laughs> Um, but I mean, essentially VR is going to give us a different world to interact in. VR is going to change our view of social media. Everything you do on your stupid little personal computer. It's just stupid, right? In the future, we're going to look at this and we're going to laugh because it was so bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Actually, you know, one thing I'm actually trying to work on is not call my technology stupid. I know this sounds crazy, Why? but given, given AI, um, <laughs> you don't want to piss it off. Okay. Hear me out on this though. Let's say AI makes a judgment call on humanity and let's say AI accesses every computer that has every, that has a hard drive, that has a memory, that has an SD card attached to it. And within that, it can hear your voice it has some type of idea of who you are as a person how you've interacted with those devices what if an ai sees no difference between an organic being and something mechanical 
what if an AI sees the value and consciousness in a computer that can compute and think no differently than an organic being like me or a dog or a beetle or a fucking fly? Yeah. Okay. That's what true. if an AI says, think about too. Although I yeah, don't even what, think it would get to that point where I think it would. I think if an AI was going to make a judgment call on humanity, that it would access everything it could in terms of internal and external storage through computers, through devices like this. Okay, but I think okay about you. What if it wanted to go all Thanos and say, okay, fifty percent of you are bullshit because you kicked your computer or threw your phone on the ground. The other fifty percent of you are awesome, and then eliminated the other half. But surely would have access to data that basically explains that micro decisions don't necessarily make a <laughs> macro person. And we're right here. You're thinking from a human perspective. I am thinking. If, sorry, AI, let me switch to my <laughs> let me switch to my AI. Imagine if you're an AI and you didn't have those limits. What if every perspective was important because Well then if that was the case, if that was the case, Brandon, AI would just eliminate all of us. It wouldn't even keep any of us. Well, I mean, depends if AI Clement thought that there was a use to having humans if they thought humans were unique. If right, they thought, and that's the yeah. thing. That's the thing. That's the thing. Is is irrelevant. If AI realized that in the grander universe that humans were incredibly unique, then they wouldn't wipe out the species. Hmm. But I mean, they could be selective. They Would, you wanna live, they Would you want to live though? on us. Would you want to live? We don't have a choice. We'd have our fucking AI overlord. Well, you could, you could, you could, you could grab your underwear and put it around your neck and then hang it on the door. I'd be going to AI biblical school, praying to a computer. Yeah. AIology. AIology. <laughs> could do, bro. Jesus. Well, why not, right? You can, you can pretty much make a religious organization like that these days. So why not make a religion in the future like that? I know, it can, I know it kind of sounds stupid, but like I subconsciously think all the time, if I drop my phone in the future, wouldn't I look back on it and say I'm a horrible person? <laughs> that I'm you being abusive, abusive to something that has a form of consciousness or intelligence. If it, I don't know. I mean, my computer's watching me right now. Not just you, my computer. What if, I, what if I said something bad about my poor MacBook Pro? 2nd Sorry. of April, 2045, Brandon Zemp is eliminated because back in 2020, he dropped his phone. <laughs> I'm serious. What if they made a judgment call as simple as that? Well, no one's safe then. I think everyone's fucked. We're all fucked. That's, that's the reality. That's the end right. of the concluding paragraph of this show. We're all fucked, everybody. Sorry. That's, that's the end game. Go watch Avengers Endgame and mm. see what happens. Mm. They know. We're all screwed. Mm.